Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Meaning on from verse one is the God who speaks. The God who speaks. The verse once again says, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. And we thought, let's not just skip past that opening line. Let's camp around that for a bit and unpack what that is saying to us. And one of the most obvious things that is saying is that the word of the Lord does come. In other words, God still speaks. Um, and the same way God spoke to Joel, he still continues to speak today. And some of the things that we have um, tried to consider in that regards is, first, the fact that we serve a God who speaks, but then we've looked at some ways by which he does that. And then we also explored for a bit the fact that it doesn't only speak to human beings because he's God, he can speak to literally anything, even inanimate objects and circumstances and situations. We, we, we read of him from the scriptures, speaking to the wind, speaking to storms, speaking to scenarios, speaking to water <laughs> becoming wine and things like that. And we learned from that how we could also begin to take charge and speak as his children. And then last week we looked at some reasons why God speaks. There is nothing that is purposeless. There's nothing God does that is purposeless. So we looked at some of the purposes or reasons for God speaking to us. Today we want to consider what we made an assignment for us last week and that's to ask what are some conditions to hearing him speak to us? Because this whole idea of God speaking to us, um, as common as that is, um, some Christians still struggle with being able to sit down with the fact that God is speaking to them, you know, and understandably so. Maybe you've also wondered sometimes whether some ideas in your head are your ideas or whether it is God that is actually speaking to you. Um, and so today we just want to zoom in on what are the things from our own parts that can help us to better position ourselves to actually hear God speak. I want to take two contributions very quickly and briefly um, on what some of us are thinking those conditions may entail. What conditions from your own understanding of the scripture, what conditions do you think we should consider as one of the conditions or prerequisites to hearing God speak? If you want to contribute, just unmute yourself and go for it. I'm unable to see everybody at a glance um, from my screen, but if you are raising up your hand or anything, just unmute yourself and make your contribution. Conditions to hearing God speak to us. Just one or two um, thoughts from anyone before I call names. Conditions. Yes, Ma, go on. Yeah, I believe that the condition you have to one, you have to be available mm. and then focus. You have to be focused because 
when your mind is wandering helter skelter, mm. you may not be able to understand who is talking to you. That's right. You, maybe your it might be your head talking to you, mm. or it might be something that happened during the day, and you are connecting it to that. But so you have to really be focused, mm. be in the spirit to be able to know who is talking to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Ma. As you are saying that, I think Ecclesiastes 5.3 thereabouts comes to my head where Bible is saying that sometimes some people have dreams from the multiple activities of the day that they've had. You saw a movie that is um, a horror movie and then you have this vampire dream <laughs> and you're thinking some demons or God is speaking to you about some things to, to, to happen, but not necessarily so. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that. Any other contribution? When you are also, All right, sir. When you are always in a deeper fellowship with God, mm. Mm. so in that situation, God will always speak to you. That's right. To have fellowship is to have intimacy. To have intimacy is to be in communication. To be in communication is to speak to God and hear God speak back to you. So thank you very much for that. Um, so we've put together five points from the from some excerpt from the syllabus um, that we are just going to quickly consider in the next few minutes. First is our eagerness or willingness to hear Him speak. Eagerness on the one hand, in fact, they could conveniently make two points, but let's bring them together. Being eager, being desiring of hearing him speak. That's, that's probably where it starts. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. This is the passage of when Moses um, encountered God again after he had you know, fled away from Egypt and he's married, he's tending his father-in-law's um, sheep or flock, and then he comes to this mountain where he saw a tree that is burning without the tree being burnt. And Bible says, when Moses saw that bush, it's when he saw that the bush was on fire and then it didn't burn up, he went over to investigate. Then God called out to him. There was a curiosity. There was a what's going on here that battered him to or positioned him in a way that he's able to then hear from God. He could have seen that strange sight and just explained it away without desiring to know more. He could have seen that without necessarily paying attention and even skipped past, skipped past it. Perhaps if it was today, he could have been busy taking an Instagram photo of one of the cute sheep with himself with the burning bush in the background and, and you know even by the time you had one or two filters there is nothing special again about the burning bush it just blurs into the background and so there was an eagerness and a willingness to hear and God was able to call out to him Moses Moses and then the conversation started that led to how the Israelites would eventually be delivered from over four centuries of slavery um Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, also from the Living Bible, it says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go? And I said, Lord, I will go. Send me. Again, from this moment on, um, if you've ever, if you know anything about the book of Isaiah, 
you know that it's from chapter six onwards that it's like there's a shift in the prophetic ministry of Isaiah. Yes, he's been prophesying for the first five chapters, but he had an encounter with the Lord in chapter six, an encounter that, piped, that, that culminated in this question, whom shall I send? And he expressed his willingness. I want to be the one that will go and speak for you. And of course, that then opened up new channels, bigger channels, if you will, of information, communication coming through to him um, from the father. And so that eagerness and willingness is very, very foundational. The second is possessing spiritual hears. And by that, we simply mean, um, to put it in a nutshell, obeying or being ready to obey God's word. You know, Matthew eleven fifteen, and very many times in the gospels, you hear Jesus say, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. As though the people that are listening to him don't have ears. We all know they do have physical ears. But to have ear is not enough. Um, maybe some further exposition in the Greek might help us to get that better. To hear in the Greek is the word aku, and that's where we get the English word acoustics. Um, but to obey in the Greek is hupa haku. The hupa aspect of it is where we get hyper or super. So it's like to obey is to really hear, to actually hear what you are hearing. In other words, when it says, let him that has ears, let them hear, it's basically saying, let him that hears, let them go on to obey what they are hearing. Those are the people that he's speaking to. You, 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 we, we know that part of the reasons why Jesus used parables, unlike how many other people use parables, just to illustrate, is not to illustrate alone, but to also conceal his message. Knowing that when you hear it, if you are part of those that has ears, you will get it. And if you are part of those that do not have ears, in the sense that you are not even willing to obey the message, it will make you further confused or you just get something totally different from what he's saying. That's the purpose or the way Jesus used um, parables. I saw that same trend in the Yoruba language, my language. To hear in Yoruba is bo, but to obey is boron. So there is still that root of big boy hearing in your obedience. So to obey is to really, really hear. You want to hear God speak, possess spiritual hears by your willingness to obey. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. The third um, reason or, or the third prerequisite, rather, to hearing God I will consider is being in the spirit, being in the spirit. And again, that's just Bible language. Um, but what does what does that really mean? Let's consider these two scriptures. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 says, Whoever has ears, again, Jesus speaking, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Whatever communication God will give, whatever God will say, he will say it by his spirit. None of us has ever seen God face to face. The closest humanity has been to seeing God is in the person of Jesus Christ. But today, Jesus is not physically present with us. It is his Holy Spirit that resides in our hearts. And so there is the need for us to understand how to relate deep down in our spirits with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can hear anything whatsoever from God. Romans 8, 9, and 14 makes that even clearer. You do not live in the flesh, speaking to believers. You live in the spirit. Assuming, of course, that the spirit of God lives inside of you. And how do we know? Verse 14, if the spirit of God is leading you, then you are one of his children. As many as are led by the spirit of God, KJV says, they are the sons of God. Number four is exposure to the scriptures, exposure 
to the scriptures. In other words, consuming God's word, just feasting on it, fellowshipping therein, because that's that's God's general revelation, as it were, to all that is willing to actually sit down and engage with it. You want to hear God's voice. If you are still finding it confusing, discerning the voice in your head, which one is God's and which one is not God's, at least you can be 100% certain whenever you open the scriptures that you are hearing God speak to you. The scripture is a package of God's message to us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 makes that clear that the whole Bible, this is the living Bible paraphrase, the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God. Of course, when Paul was saying that to Timothy, the scriptures he had in mind was just the Old Testament because there was no New Testament as of that time. But now we know that what Paul was saying of the Old Testament is still very much applicable to all of scripture as we now have it um, with the full counsel and the full revelation of God to humanity. The, the whole Bible, all of scripture was given to us by God's inspiration. So when you expose yourself to that, when you are disciplined with fellowshipping in the word on a daily basis, not just by one verse from a devotional, but actually intentionally and probably systematically following the scriptures, whatever that can look like, character study, book by book study, chronological journey, or whatever it is that you that is getting you to get exposed to the scripture on a daily basis, is positioning you with the tools that you need to then be more keen to know when it is God that is speaking to you as opposed to when any other thing or any other voice or even you yourself are speaking to yourself. And lastly, the fear of God, the fear of God. Psalm 25 verse 14, very pivotal scripture in that regards. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He confides in those who fear him and he makes his covenant known to them. I decided to also quote the same scripture from the International Children's Bible because of the question that Precious asked on Thursday. There is a version of the scripture that is written especially for children. And of course, I've also found it very helpful sometimes when you see some words that we've used so much that it has become cliche in Christianese, in Christian language. They break it down in a way that hopefully a child would understand it. And so when Bible says the fear of God, that can be confusing for a child. And so they put those who respect him. The Lord tells his secrets to those who respect him. And the question comes to us, do we respect God? You know, if you say, do you fear God? You can almost confidently say yes, but then bring it down to, do you respect God? And what does that look like when you're in his presence, when you're in the fellowship of God's people? Now that we are not physically in church, are the practices that you are engaging in as you are listening now, show that you respect the person for whom or unto whom we have gathered? And, and those are the little, little things that actually matter. The little, little, not doing them becomes the little, little foxes that could spoil the vine. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list of things that we can do to position ourselves to hear God. Um, it, we are practically out of time, but I can still take one more contribution if there's anyone that still thinks of something else that you think should be added to that list, um, at least maybe in your own personal experience that has really really helped you to hear from God. I'll give five, 10 seconds to see if anybody picks that up. But if nobody's talking, then I would wrap up with the conclusion. Does anybody want to add to what we've said? One other point that you think matters in 
preparing to hear from God? Okay, in the absence of any other points. Um, the other reflection questions there are just for you to think through personally. Can you truly say that God speaks to you? And then which of these conditions that we have considered today do you need to work more on? Which of those five points do you need to work more on? Our assignment for next week or towards next week is simply to read verse two to four. Like I said, we are moving on from verse one now and getting into the gist of the book as it were. Beginning from verse two, we begin to hear what God is saying to Joel when God's word came to him. Any questions before we pray? Okay. All right, Heritage, are you raising up your hand? You are muted, so you need to unmute. Let's go straight to prayer, please. Yeah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word because it's always, always available and always, always accessible to us. We ask, oh God, that you position us in a way to hear you and help us to receive that which you're saying to us by time. As we go into the rest of of the service, go with us to you be all the glory and praise in Jesus' unfailing name. Amen.